0: Welcome to another episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I am your host, Reagan Rose. I've got a good one for you today. Um, We're going to be talking about the subject of contentment in the face of trials. I thought that that would be apropos given our current lockdown nationwide and even worldwide. Um, before we get into it, just a quick reminder, please do if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the show., uh, then you get the latest episodes in your podcast player or on YouTube if you're watching on there. Uh, so check that out. I also wanted to tell you about one other way you can keep up with what's going on with redeeming productivity. You know it's not just a podcast. We also have, as I've said, videos and blog posts that go out. Well, our newsletter is kind of the, best place to get all of that stuff. And so if you go to redeemingproductivity.com newsletter, you can sign up for our twice a week newsletter. And in that you'll get on Wednesdays a little update from me, which will have the latest blog posts and, and podcasts there and a kind of a little a bit of exclusive content at the top with some updates and things like that. And on Fridays, I send out a feature called Reagan's Roundup, and that's just some links that I collect from around the web, things from that week that I think will help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. So if you're interested in something like that, again, head over to redeemingproductivity.com newsletter and sign up. Well, at the time of recording this, we are entering into yet another week of a pandemic and a lockdown and trying to figure out what the new normal is, at least through the month of April is the latest what they're saying, but that could all change by the time that you guys are listening to this. So we need to keep trying to um, be productive in the midst of this and keep trying to be content. And that's actually what I want to talk to you about in today's episode. I want to talk about the subject of contentment. Uh, just the other night, I was uh, we had a virtual Bible study with my Bible study group, and I shared just kind of a brief message on the subject of contentment from the Scriptures, and I think that that is a lesson that could be helpful to you guys as well. Um, as we say on this podcast, being productive isn't just about getting more things done. It also really, and almost more importantly, it's about the manner in which you get those things done uh, and your heart behind that. Because it's not just um, the work that we do that we present to our Lord as an offering, as, as our Um, spiritual act of service, it's the way in which we do that, is our whole heart in it. Are we doing it um, to glorify Him? Are we doing it um, in a manner that's pleasing to Him? And we know uh, from the scriptures that uh, discontentment, complaining, murmuring against God is one surefire way to displease Him in the way that we work, in the way that we live. And we see that the Lord hates mumbling and murmuring in the scriptures. We see it when uh, he leads the people of Israel out of captivity in Egypt through Moses, and we see them, them complaining and murmuring against God in the wilderness in the midst of them. Yes, okay, they're still following Moses. They're still doing what they're told to be doing. They're doing the right things, but their attitude is all wrong. They want to go back to Egypt because they had meat pots there and they had, uh, They could be satisfied uh, with the food and, and be taken care of, even though they were in captivity. And so, against that murmuring and that mumbling and that complaining, the Lord struck them with 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And that alone should be enough to tell us, oh yeah, the Lord takes complaining very, very seriously. And I think that that's going to be, if it's not already, that's going to be one of the temptations we all face in the midst of this lockdown quarantine type thing. We're going to be tempted to be discontent and to complain. And that can be for a variety of reasons. One of the things that I've seen just from folks that I know is that this is a trial for everybody, but it's not a one size fits all trial. Many people are suffering in big ways. Um, I know people who have uh, lost family members already to the COVID-19 virus. I know people who um, have become sick with it. Uh, people who have lost their jobs are facing financial hardship right now because of it. really big, huge level trial and suffering uh, as a result of this. And that's scary. And that, that certainly is a trial. I think many others are also facing a trial in this. Though it's not of the same magnitude, it should be acknowledged that it also is trying in small ways, too. Um, you know, even the just the discomfort we have. I can't find what I need at the grocery store. I, um, I'm i lacking fellowship with the saints. I want to gather with my fellow believers in church, and I'm prevented from doing that. You know, we felt that uh, distinctly on, on Friday night when when my Bible study gathered through a Zoom call, and it's like, yeah, this is good, this is nice to see each other and hear each other, but it's not the same. And we're going to feel that all the more, I think, um, as we head now into the Easter holiday, and we can't be together uh, as the saints to remember the resurrection of our Lord. That's, that's hard, and that is a trial, and that's a difficulty. And then, of course, there's even just the little stuff of boredom and frustration. Um, Being home all the time is a little, you can go stir crazy, right? You can get a little bit, okay, I just need to get, I need to do something. This is, this is hard. Uh, And then, of course, loneliness, people who aren't even um, sheltering in place with others because they live alone. That's hard. That's a trial. I think the novelty of all this is starting to wear off very quickly. And so I think that it's right for us to acknowledge that what we're facing here, though, like I've said in previous episodes, there are opportunities uh, that are presenting themselves to, uh, with us being stuck at home. We can, we can learn from this. We can uh, um, take advantage of, of those new um, ways of communicating and hopefully grow in different ways. And I think a lot of us are doing that, but it is also a trial. Uh, and I think even along with the hard stuff, the big stuff and the little stuff, there is the uncertainty that all of us are facing. Um, you might not be suffering at all right now. You might not be feeling any kind of pressure from this. You're like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm working from home. I'm enjoying it. I'm with my family. I wish life was always like this. Um, and, and, that, and that's okay. You don't need to feel guilty about that. And in a lot of ways, I'm enjoying the time with my family, being able to work from home. Um, But there is still looming, and this is still part of the trial, the uncertainty is even though it might not be affecting us that much yet, we don't know what's going to happen with with the economy, with our own health. Is, Is the virus going to reach us as individuals or people we love? It hasn't yet, maybe for some of us, but what if it does? And that uncertainty um, of even what is the world going to be like when we leave our homes uh, in another month, or maybe it's going to be more months, you know, they they keep moving this deadline back. What if it's longer and longer? And so I think those things are all part of this being hard and this being a trial. And no matter what, in any trial, big or small, or just uncertain, we're going to be faced with a temptation to grow discontented, to complain, to mutter to murmur against God. And you say, well, I'm not murmuring against God. I'm not complaining against Him specifically. I just don't like the situation. Friend, who is the one who controls all the situations? (laughs) Who is the one with a sovereign hand over all of this? Who is the one who providentially brings about all things, um, whether they be uh, temporally good or temporally bad? It, It is the Lord. He is in this thing. and. So, when you murmur against circumstances, against things that are inanimate, as it were, um, you actually murmur against God. And that is a dangerous thing to do. It's a sin. It's a sin and it's serious. And it most certainly, like all sin, is tremendously unproductive for the Christians seeking to glorify God with their lives. So, how do we fight this temptation to sin against God? By complaining, by being discontent. Uh, or to put it positively, how will we honor Christ in this crisis? How will we be contented? Well, I I've pulled together from all over the scriptures, just three reasons to be content in crisis. This is just three reasons for us to be content in the midst of crisis. And the first one is to remember that the good times were never yours by right. Yeah, the good times were never yours by right. You know, of course, that complaining happens uh, when when reality doesn't meet expectations, right? I, I expect life to be a certain way, and then reality comes along and says, "Au contraire, life is not that way that you expected." And all tragedies, in my thinking, are French. No offense, French. Um, and so those two things they clash, and you say, "Well, I expected it to be this way, and it's not, and that stinks." And so I'm mad, and I'm gonna throw a tantrum, or maybe even stick out my bottom lip. And that's that's normal, that's natural that we would feel disappointment in that, right? Well, I think what's for Christians the, the problem with this is when circumstances sour and Christians start complaining, it's actually a, a tacit admission from us that. We thought that the good things that we had, that they were ours by right, that we deserved them. So, for, for example, in this situation, um, well, I liked the freedom of being able to go to the grocery store whenever I wanted or, or going you know, on a Disney vacation plan. I actually did have a Disney vacation plan and that got canceled and that stinks. And I really wanted that because I should be allowed to do that because that, that, that's just part of being American. I don't know about the French. I don't know. Is there a Disney thing in Paris? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, French. This is the, maybe some of the French people that listen to this, if there are, um, can inform me more about what the French like to do in their free time. So you can't go to Disney. You can't go to Epcot Center and eat a croissant, um, and that's frustrating, and, and and that is sad. But when you complain about it, what you're saying, what you're saying, is, is I don't like this this circumstance, I don't like this providence, because I deserved that. I I should have been allowed to enjoy that freedom to go to Disney, right? I should be allowed to go to my job. And in more severe circumstances, I deserved to have good health, right? I deserved to keep that job. But that is just not the case. And we grow, um, we start taking those things for granted when we have those blessings from God over a long period of time, like a steady income, all those kind of things. You start taking it for granted and not seeing it as a gracious, unmerited favor from the King of Kings that's been given to you, not because you deserve it, but from his grace towards you. And I think we need to be able to say in the face of loss of those things, uh, of money, of health, of, of family members even, or, or even just um, the contentment that we've been experiencing. We need to be able to say with Job, uh, in Job one twenty-one, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's just that admission that those things weren't mine by right. I don't deserve the comforts that I'm having to give away either temporarily or even completely because of this circumstance. I don't deserve them. The Lord gave and the Lord's taken away. My response has to be with Job. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's good. He's good. So no matter how you might be suffering in this trial, remember that whatever it is that you've lost, security, money, health, whatever it was never yours by right. And therefore we must not complain against God when he does take those things away. So that's the first reason to be content in crisis. Now let me give you the second reason. The second reason to be content in crisis is that the Lord uses trials for our benefit. The Lord uses trials for our benefit. Uh, the temptation of course when a trial comes is to focus on what we've lost well and that's what we just talked about in the previous point oh it's gone now that thing i had now it's gone but faith in christ compels us to focus on what we might gain not in spite of the trial but by means of the trial and here's what here's what i mean the the lord uses trials for the benefit of his saints. We know this from scripture. We know that these circumstances that are genuinely uh, and and temporally bad, he uses them for our good. And this, of course, Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Notice it doesn't say God causes all things to work together for the comfort or for the convenience of those who love God, but it does say it's for our good. And we know, and you say, well, how can that be for my good? I just lost my job. Well, we know that the highest good that could ever happen to us is that we would be changed more into the image of Jesus Christ. And that is, as believers in Christ, is what we long for. That's what we want. We want to grow in sanctification. We want, to, we want to become more like Christ. Um, and if the Lord would use this trial to grow me more into the image of Christ, then what should my response be? Should it be to complain about the trial? No. Listen to James. James 1, 2 through 4. What should the response of a believer be in the face of discomfort or, or pain or trial? Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. And so I say to you again no matter how you might be suffering in this trial remember that the right response is never going to be to complain or to or to whine or to murmur about it but actually the right response in in, in face of a trial knowing that God is sovereign and that he's good is to rejoice and say lord I, I, it doesn't mean being naive about the, the circumstances and saying, these circumstances are good. No, the circumstances are bad. It's what the Lord will do through them. And so that's what we rejoice. And you have to take it by faith because you're not going to see it. You're not going to see it right away and say, oh, this is great. Uh, now I'm growing in the image of Christ. No, you have to believe that by faith because that's what the scriptures tell us. Um, and, to, and to rejoice and say to the Lord, thank you. Please grow me more into the image of Christ through this trial and help me not to have a complaining attitude, but to rejoice knowing that you will bring good from this." That's the attitude we need to have. And so we've seen those first two reasons uh, that we need to be content in crisis was that the good times were never ours by right. And the second one is that the Lord uses trials for our benefit. Now the third reason that we should not complain in crisis, but should rather be content in crisis is that the Lord supplies the strength to endure trials of every size. The Lord supplies the strength to endure trials of every size. So whether the, it's the prospect of losing a loved one, uh, to disease, if it's the financial stress, or it's just kind of the listlessness that I think a lot of us are already feeling and going a little stir crazy at our houses, uh, or just the boredom, you know, Netflix, you have a vast, vast collection. But nothing could compare, <laughs> could, could prepare us for the amount of boredom that a lot of us are facing for being stuck at home for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's just boring. It's boring. And so with all of that, whether it's that little stuff or, or something really big that you're facing with this, the third way that we can be content in crisis is remembering that it's the Lord who's going to supply the strength to endure trials of every size. Philippians 4.10-13, this is a well-known passage, again, like all of these, um, but it's good to be reminded of these things. The Apostle Paul writes, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this is the, uh, the last verse there. Philippians 4.13 is kind of a, a popularly abused verse where people are like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's go throw a touchdown or whatever. I'm not big into sports. Um, but there's a context to it. In the context of this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is it? The context is contentment. The context is contentment. W- what Paul is talking about is being content in whatever circumstances I'm in. Whether you got a lot or a little. Um, how do you be content in all those things? What's the What's the secret that he learned to be content in all circumstances? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's exactly the point I'm trying to make here is that the Lord will supply the strength to endure trials of every size. And so whatever it is that you're facing in the midst of all of this, and whatever temptation to discontentment you might have or to sin in some way as a result of this, the Lord gives us the strength to get through it and to overcome it. And that should comfort us us in the face of trials and cause us to be content knowing that we have our needs for strength supplied in Christ. And in fact, the apostle Paul says it um, a different way and and puts a different angle on this in 1 Corinthians 10.13, where he writes, "'No temptation has overcome you, except that which is common to man, And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it. That's 1 Corinthians 10.13. He's saying, look... If you want to talk I like, I like the beginning of that verse There's no temptation to seize you except that which is common to man. And he's saying, you don't have unique trials. you know you, you are not the only person uh, suffering and that is no truer than the temptations that we are facing right now in the midst of this. I, I think the world over are facing the temptation to complain and to be discontent in the midst of this. And so that's common. but God is faithful, Paul says. He's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with that temptation, a nod to the sovereignty of God, even in the, uh, in the trial that's been brought, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. And so just to make a long story short, there is no excuse to complain or mutter against God in this trial. None, zero, zip, nada, zilch. What's zero in French? I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. zero well just zero but it's got a little thing above it an accent we'll say zero zero zip nada zilch zero see french i I cater to you too french people (laughs) man talk about taking the uh (laughs) taking the oomph out of the concluding point um the the point of all this is no matter what you're facing big small Uh, in between, or just like I said, that great fog of uncertainty we all have about where is this thing going? What's the world going to be like? No matter what, the point is this, there's no reason to complain. There's no, I should say, there's no justification to complain in the midst of this trial. Instead, what we need to seek through God's power alone is that rare jewel of Christian contentment, as Jeremiah Burroughs put it. We need to learn to be content in the midst of this and that my friends is how you will honor God in the midst of this trial is by finding in him, your satisfaction, finding in him, your joy, finding in him, your strength to endure trials of every size. That's how you're going to be productive in the sense that really matters most of all in the sense of glorifying God, because that's what we're after, right? That's what we're after bringing God glory with our lives. And we'll do that here by being content, not by complaining at all. And so that that is really it. I, I, my prayer for you, my honest prayer for you is that you would find contentment in this. I, if you're going to be productive, that's how you're going to do it. Be content in the trial. Take advantage of it to, to, um, use it, to grow yourself. Um, I know you've been talking to friends, uh, some of the folks in our study, uh, about how much more Bible reading they've been able to, uh, consume because of this, what a blessing, what a blessing. And if I could add a fourth and bonus point, um, to the reasons to be content in trial, it would be this count the blessings that it affords you. Count the blessings, recognize that even in this, there are opportunities. Um, There are blessings and there are mercies from our God, from whom all blessings flow. And so seek to honor Him in all of this and be content even in this trial. Well, that's all we have for this week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you're not subscribed, please do subscribe uh, to the podcast on whatever player you listen on or on the YouTube channel if you're watching there. And I'll leave you this. Remember that in whatever you do, Do it well and do it all to the glory of God.